The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and KUCI.org. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer and co-host sometimes with Mari. And you can learn more about our guests and other shows at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari's a local attorney and author of several books, including her two new books, Safeguard Your Identity and From Victim to Victor, a step-by-step guide for ending the nightmare of identity theft. She's testified many times in the California legislature and U.S. Congress and hosted her own 90-minute PBS special called Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. She's been featured on 48 Hours, Dateline, CNN, O'Reilly, Geraldo, uh, Montel Show, and lots of others. To learn more, you can visit identitytheft.org. So, Mari, you ready to get started? I am ready to get started, and I'm, I'm really thrilled that we have a wonderful man with us tonight, Dave Wiggins. Remember I told you that uh, last month I, was, have, I had the privilege of speaking before the Crime Alert Network, giving them some training on identity theft. They are a safety and security forum in Anaheim. It was held at the Anaheim Convention Center, and a wonderful gentleman that we're going to interview tonight actually was the one who invited me, and he was so terrific. I said, we have to get you on our show, and he was so kind after a hectic, busy day to to agree to come on. So I am thrilled to tell you a little bit about Dave. Um, Dave is the past president of the Southern California Tourism Safety and Security Association. He's going to tell us a little bit about that. But it is a nonprofit collaboration of law enforcement, security professionals, attraction operators, travel professionals, all sorts of people in the tourist industry, and they're all dedicated to the exchange of tourist uh, information about tourist crime and keeping us safe when we're traveling. And boy, in this holiday season, everybody's traveling. Dave is also an 18-year veteran of Southern California law enforcement, and he currently works on community and tourist-oriented policy projects. And if you go to our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy, you will see a picture of this gorgeous man on a bicycle right in front of Disneyland. And there he is on the beat and helping to do all his good work. And he's just adorable. Um, He's authored lots of articles. He's been interviewed for a variety of magazines and newspapers regarding tourist security trends. And he's going to help us today. And additionally, Dave was honored by the Orange County Tourism Council with their Chairman's Award, the very first time that the council recognized a member of law enforcement. So Dave Wiggins also received the 2005 Special Recognition Award from his own agency, as well as the U.S. Congressional Certificate of Commendation for his initiatives in promoting improved visitor security. So we are so fortunate because privacy and security really go together hand in hand. So, Dave, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that uh, lovely introduction. Well, you are wonderful, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. Thank you so much. So let's get started and tell us exactly what the California Tourism Safety and Security Association is all about. You summarized it very well. It uh, brings together all of the slices of the tourism pie, including those agencies and entities and personnel that typically don't 
work together, but really do impact our visitors uh, when they come here. We have members of uh, law enforcement agencies, members of uh, security teams. We have hoteliers, attraction operators, uh, stadiums, convention centers, uh, any sort of uh, entity or agency or or, uh, association connected with tourism is who we try and embrace with the Tourism Security Association. As you mentioned, uh, it is a nonprofit uh, organization. Uh, Their membership is free of charge, uh, and most all of the training that we provide is free of charge. It's really all uh, about uh, being a public benefit, about uh, protecting our visitors uh, when they come here to uh, California, and uh, also to uh, try and export some of the best practices, some of the really successful role models that are in place here uh, in Anaheim and Orange County on a wider scale to all of the state of California and indeed uh, beyond. Uh, One of the things we do uh, primarily is exchange uh, the latest crime trends uh, related to to tourists. Uh, We talk about uh, incidents at hotels and parks and and new ways the crooks are finding to uh, prey on our, our visitors. And I think as we exchange information, then that helps, uh, you know, personnel and, and other uh, tourism destinations and venues uh, protect their guests uh, in a more timely way. I know. I was really impressed when I came to, to the program that you had, and, and I learned a lot there besides being able to give a little bit of information back to your people. But You did a great job. We got <laughs> a lot of positive feedback on your presentation, so thank you very much. Those uh, Orange County Crime Alert Network meetings occur uh, every month. Uh, they're the first Thursday of the month at 10 a.m., Uh, a different hotel or location uh, each month, but it's always the first Thursday uh, of the month at 10 a.m., and that, again, is the the very latest uh, cases and uh, crime trends involving uh, tourists and and tourism locations. You know, I was also impressed you had a lot of volunteers there, which is, you know, really important because, you know, I mean, Orange County is the big O.C. I mean, we are a tourist attraction. We've got the weather. We've got all the fun places to go. We've got the beach. I mean, if we don't have a safe place, we're going to destroy our economy. So what you're doing is so important, not just for all the visitors and not just for the fun and traveling and the entertainment, but really our whole economy is going to be in real trouble if we don't keep things safe because people won't come here. You are right. Uh, Orange County in particular is very dependent on uh, tourism. We had over 42 million visitors last year to Orange County who uh, spent over $6.5 billion, and one in every 11 jobs in Orange County is directly related to tourism. Absolutely. So so tell me, Dave, how are people victimized when they're traveling? Well, you know, uh, tourists, and, and we shouldn't talk about tourists like there's some other entity, some strange being. We're all tourists at one point or another, aren't we? When we travel, right. we're, we're the tourists. But uh, all of us, travelers, uh, are constituted an especially vulnerable class of, of crime victims. And the fundamental reason for that, of course, is if you suffer, uh, you know, by comparison here, if you suffer a, a crime, say an auto burglary, while you're, you know, two blocks away at the grocery store, uh, you're not in a lot of jeopardy. It's not too hard to recover. You can walk back home or you call a friend or a neighbor or a relative wherever to, to come get you, and it's easy to recover from. When you're three time zones away or half a world away yes. and you suffer that kind of loss, uh, it's much more difficult uh, to recover. You don't have that built-in uh, safety net. You may even have uh, language issues communicating with uh, local law enforcement, uh, for example. So, you know, for starters, I think it's, it's fundamentally important to understand that, constitu- uh, that, that tourists are, uh, you know, particularly vulnerable. It doesn't help that uh, all around the world uh, there are a particular class of criminals whose 
pre- prey specifically on visitors, the people that come to their areas. They make their living, uh, many of these uh, crooks, uh, by targeting uh, tourists. Uh, tourists are, are a good crime uh, target. Not only are they out of their element, you know, when we travel, we don't necessarily know the good areas and the bad areas like we do when we're at home. But in addition, we tend to have, in a very compact area, a lot of our valuables. Uh, if I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel room, uh, you know, I have my camera and my computer and my briefcase and all of my clothes and, you know, usually more cash than I would have if I was just staying at home. Right. And where is it? It's all in a hotel room. Right. It's all in my luggage. It's all in a rental car. It's in a very compact and easily uh, identifiable kind of zone. So uh, there are people who pretty much spend their entire lives, their entire work week, if you will, uh, preying on uh, tourists. And there are a variety of different scams and crooks that uh, they employ against visitors. You know, I I was thinking about when I, and we travel a lot, and I I think about how vulnerable we really are. I mean, you're in a hurry. You're you're trying to get to the airport, or you're trying to grab all the things that you have. You don't want to lose them, and especially if you have kids. If you're at Disneyland and you've got kids, you're trying to keep the kids together if you don't have a leash, or if you do have a leash for them. And it's, you know, you've got stuff coming out of your your wallet, out of your purse. You're, You're trying to get cash. You're trying to get credit cards. It is, it is really much more stressful um, in terms of protecting yourself. You know, you're really more vulnerable because you're, you're a lot more oblivious when you're, when you're close to home. You, you know, you, you, can't, you don't have as many things that you're focusing on either. You are exactly correct there, Mari. And, uh, you know, the, the word vacation comes from the French word vacances, which is, means to empty one's mind. <laughs> and right. when we're traveling, when we're on vacation, we do just what you said. You tend to let your guard down. You're there to have a good time. You assume that the area that you've gone to isn't safe and that the other people around you are, are like you, there for vacation and also had to, uh, to have a good time, not to, to prey upon you. And when you add uh, to those factors the fact that uh, when we're traveling, be it for business or, or leisure, uh, we all typically tend to do more of things. For example, drink uh, alcohol. Uh, right. People that may do uh, narcotics or, or more or different narcotics than they you know, would otherwise do at home. It makes them more uh, vulnerable. Uh, as we'll talk about later, the spiking of uh, drinks, uh, of alcoholic drinks, has become a really epidemic in some uh, tourist destinations. And this has become a tremendous concern for Scary, uh, women yeah. who are being victimized by sexual assault. Exactly. You know, I remember one time years ago, I was um, with a gentleman in in Mexico, you know, just uh, down in Rosarito Beach, and we were dancing. And, you know, we were having a good time. We weren't drunk or anything, but we had a a margarita or so. And I remember some, you know, this guy just kept bumping into us and bumping into us. And finally, we real and, you know, we were getting annoyed with it and kept saying, hey, you know, don't bump into us. And what he was doing was he was bumping into us so that he could steal the wallet out of my friend's uh-huh. back pocket. And, you know, we were pretty stupid and younger then, and uh, that he lost everything. And here we are, you know, in Mexico. Yep. And he doesn't have his wallet. He doesn't have his driver's license to get back into the United States. Now you need a passport. But, you know, those are the kinds of things. You're having fun. You're not thinking about it. And that's what we're here to talk about is that this holiday season, we have to make people much more privacy and security conscious. Very true. And the holidays are a prime season for uh, criminality in this regard. And you touched on, on one of the big uh, crime problems at tourism destinations all around the world, some places much more than others, what we call distraction thefts. Uh, pickpockets are a particular kind of distraction uh, theft. 
and it's interesting. In a typical social environment, if you and I are speaking with each other, you know, there's that social comfort zone, and if you get closer than about three feet to somebody, then it's definitely invaded, and you feel strange. Right. But in many tourism uh, destinations, that comfort zone is, is violated, and you're literally bumping up against people right and left all over the place in a way that doesn't feel out of the ordinary. Right. Uh, elevators, escalators, standing in line for a ride or an attraction, or if you're standing in a big group of people watching things like... Uh, parades or fireworks or some other sort of show. These are the environments where pickpockets uh, love to work because this social space is invaded in a way that doesn't raise your uh, suspicion. Some I know you're absolutely right. I mean, I was just recently in New York City, and I uh -huh. and I had my kids with me. We went to a show and on Broadway. Uh -huh. And, you know, when those shows get out, they all get out about the same time, and you are just like a bunch of sardines <laughs> trying to walk down by Times Square, you know, and all that whole area. And me, being the paranoid person that I am now, after getting to know you and other people, <laughs> you know, I had my purse underneath my jacket. Good for you. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm telling my daughter and my son, you know, watch things, look at, you know, people are bumping, and you are literally just just like squeezed in and that's true and then people who are having fun and not thinking and they're talking to their friends they are just prime targets yep pickpockets love that sort of uh, sardine environment as you described it right. uh if some of them work solo some of them work in teams uh there are uh, i have videotape of pickpocket teams uh working escalators for example where uh the suspect in front of the victim and the second suspect is behind the victim he will uh the, the uh, suspect in front will drop some change or something valuable at the bottom of the escalator and of course the escalator keeps going so the victim uh, bumps into suspect number one suspect number two bumps into the victim lifts his wallet and the whole thing was contrived uh, by the team but but felt like a normal and natural consequence to the victim right. you mentioned new york city there's uh, a distract theft uh, that was occurring for a while in times square which would involve uh, male business travelers identified with briefcases or laptop computers roll along uh, luggage and uh, a couple of uh, good-looking uh, women would come up with a camera and, hey, would you mind taking our picture real quick? And uh -oh. they'd, you know, here, we'll make sure this is in the background and get this one here, try another one for us, and thank you very much. And, of course, you know, the guy stops to be helpful and, and, sure. and uh, take the, the photo of the two hotties. <laughs> Meanwhile, their accomplice comes up behind him as soon as he sets down his laptop or his briefcase and goes the other way with it behind his back. And he, turn, you know, hands the camera back to our other two suspects, and they run off. And when he turns around, suddenly his briefcase is gone, and he doesn't see where it went or, or who took it or even realize initially that he was the victim of a contrived uh, distraction. Some of the distraction thefts that uh, commonly occur involving uh, women and their purses is kind of a built-in distraction. Uh, breakfast buffets are very common in tourism destinations uh -huh. at hotels, uh, for example. Like and Las Vegas. Exactly. <laughs> you come in, you sit down uh, at your table, you uh, put your purse uh, or your laptop or your briefcase or whatever there and walk over to the buffet. Meanwhile, myself and my crook accomplice are sitting at another table acting like uh, patrons waiting for you to do just that. Exactly. And as soon as you go away, we know that we have a couple, three safe uh, moments to go over to the uh, table, uh, take your purse, take your laptop, you roll along, whatever, and walk out with it, and you never uh, see it go away. We catch these often uh, after the fact uh, with videotape surveillance. Yeah, uh, people are good and trusting. I, I had a friend who is a, uh, is a pretty famous speaker, but anyway, he was telling us a story that he was coming to do a speaking engagement when I was doing a speaking engagement, and everything was stolen from him, and this is what happened to him. He came in from Santa Barbara, and he came into Orange County, and what happened to him was he was at a gas station, 
and um, somebody came up and said, oh, can you tell me, I'm really lost, can you tell me where the 405 freeway or something like that is? He goes, yeah, it's it's over there. Well, why he did that, and he, the guy, you know, said, well, I can't hear you, and he went over to talk to him more. The guy stole the, um, his briefcase and everything in it, which he had his passport and, of course, his Bluetooth and you name it, he had that in there. And he stole the briefcase out when the door was open because he was putting gas in the car mm-hmm. and just stole his accomplice, did the same thing. That's one of your distractions, again. Yes. You know, trying, when here you're trying to be a good Samaritan, and then, of course, that's when people take advantage of you like a vulture. You are correct. In fact, I was up in the Bay Area a few months ago doing a, a presentation on tourism, safety, and security at the Bay Area Travel Show when a couple came up uh, afterwards and, and shared a, a similar story uh, from Barcelona. They were in a rental car, had pulled out of a, a gas station, and uh, got a couple of blocks away and, and suddenly had not one but two flats. And uh, Johnny on the spot, here's a whole carload of guys volunteering to uh, help them change their flats. And he said it was just a, 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 a beehive of activity around them uh, as they were popping open the trunk and you know, looking for the, the, the spare and jacking up the car. And, and all of a sudden, these guys just vanished back in their car and, and took off. And they realized they had taken the suitcase, they had taken uh. their cell phone, uh, their wallet out of the front. They were just all kind of caught up. In, in the beehive of the activity, it was all very contrived. They had flattened their tires while they weren't watching, oh. while they were gassing up, and then waited in, until they had to pull over and victimized them that way. Oh, my goodness. That is horrible. So so tell us some more of these scams, because the more I think we hear about this, the more that people are going to start having a higher consciousness about really questioning when somebody's too nice or they're they're trying to distract you or there seems like a distraction. What are some of the ones that we're experiencing here in Orange County? Well, I'm, I'm pleased to say we don't have significant uh, problems here in Orange County. In fact, we have really become a role model here in Anaheim and Orange County for uh, servicing and protecting our visitors, both the, the business community and uh, our leisure travelers. And, and we've already you know, explained how important tourism is to Orange County, and so I, I'm really proud of what a good job law enforcement security teams and the tourism officials here in Orange County do to take care of our visitors. But as you travel around the country, and especially around the world, uh, the holiday time of the year or any time of the year, it's very important to know that there are a lot of different scams uh, targeting uh, tourists and that there are people out there making their living just trying to uh, prey upon you. We've already uh, touched on pickpockets and uh, distraction thefts. I think it's uh, worth touching on uh, burglary as well, both auto burglary and uh, hotel room uh, burglaries. Uh, we always encourage uh, visitors uh, to uh, you know, take a rental car uh, only that has no no sort of identifying marks on it, no uh, bumper stickers or license plate frames or anything else that uh, indicates that it is, in fact, a uh, rental car. Okay. Never to leave your suitcases or your cameras or your laptop computers or anything in the passenger compartment of the car where it, it's in plain view. Put it into the trunk of the car where it's not in view. Now, they can pry open a trunk, but honestly, that doesn't happen nearly as often as window smashes do when they can see what's in there that they're going uh, to go after. I encourage people when they're in a rental car and they're traveling in a strange destination, do your homework. And this is important in a bunch of different ways. You should, all visitors should be researching their prospective destination before they ever book uh, a trip. You know, pick the safe places to go to begin with. But once you've decided where you're going, do your research. Find out uh, how to get from point A to point B. Know where you're going. One of the, the biggest problem areas that visitors have when they're in rental cars is they take a, long, a wrong turn, a left instead of a right. The next oh. thing you know, they're in a bad neighborhood. 
being victimized. You recall <laughs> yeah. a few years ago in Miami, uh, four different uh, European visitors were uh, targeted in rental cars uh, by gangs of you know kind of highway robbers that were, were shooting them and stealing all of their uh, valuables. I think it's important for travelers to be aware of skimming and identity theft. I know this has been a, a major focus of your efforts, and I really applaud you for what you're doing in trying to educate people to be aware of the privacy issues involved in identity theft and do the things that they can reasonably do to prevent themselves from being victims of ID theft. But we're really vulnerable to this, aren't we, Mari, when we sure. go on vacation? Absolutely. When you go to a hotel, for example, uh, really, that hotel, an unscrupulous employee, if he is so desirous, has everything he needs to usurp your identity and to engage in identity uh, theft. Right. The same is true in other hospitality-related uh, uh, industries, uh, nightclubs, uh, bars, and restaurants, where you're paying with a credit card that's taken away from your uh, view. Skimmers have become a tremendous problem. Uh, in, in the restaurant and hospitality uh, industry with unscrupulous employees who uh, are skimming, the, you know, uh, dozens of them uh, a shift and selling them in bulk to uh, gangs of identity thieves uh, later on. Yeah, we've just heard about that recently in Orange County with, with debit cards. Yep. But, you know, I think this is a great time that you, and I'm so glad you brought this up. This is so important because the, the good news is if you use your credit card and you get skimmed, you're not going to be on the hook. And you, if you look at your statement as soon as it comes in the mail, after you return from your vacation, or at least within 60 days, and you look at it, you call the credit card company, and you say, hey, I don't recognize this. You know, I'm disputing it as fraud. I, I think it's really bad. You better, you know, cancel my card. And this is not, you know, this $10,000 or this $2,000 is not mine. You know, you're not going to be held accountable. But recently we saw in Orange County that there was debit card theft. And debit card theft is far worse because the money comes, it's siphoned directly out of your account before you have a chance to even review any statement. And then anything else that you've written checks for or done other electronic transfers, it's all going to bounce. And you are going to have a mess Plus, you're going to have to beg for your money back. So Exactly. It's your own money instead of the credit card company's uh, money. And right. I, I agree 100% with what you just said. We encourage visitors uh, not uh, to uh, book uh, hotels uh, or in other hospitality uh, venues use a debit card, but instead use a uh, credit card. And, and yes. we take it one step further. I advocate uh, to people who travel routinely, have a travel credit card. Get a new, separate, and additional credit card that you use only when you travel. And uh, if you're really concerned and you do travel a lot, cancel it every year and a half or two years and get another one to replace it. A card that's used only for that one thing. And it makes it so much easier to uh, identify and track uh, when you have been victimized. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a nationally uh, uh, reported incident out of uh, Chicago uh, Chicago PD and, and the FBI, a task force of 50-some-odd uh, officers altogether, uh, took down uh, 10 different uh, hotels Right. Uh, that included not just the line-level folks, Murray, not just, you, you know, the night auditor or, or the, you know, the, the reservation supervisor, but all the way up to the ownership of the hotels. Oh, my gosh. And what these guys were doing uh, was uh, really profiling uh, their, their guests and their victims. They were primarily selecting uh, guests who had come from a far distance away. Right, most vulnerable. 
they were waiting uh, up to a year, holding on to the credit information up to a year before uh, using it. Right, because then, then they, they wouldn't be on their guard. Exactly, and they wouldn't wouldn't be so easy to identify it back to the particular hotel stay. Right. And then uh, prior to uh, selling them, they would uh, call up and get uh, the available balance on each of those cards and then would bundle these cards in uh, groups uh, anywhere, uh, you know, from... 500 to 1,000 card numbers and sell them for 1000 to $5,000 per bundle and tell the, the suspect buyer, okay, here's the aggregate value uh, available on these cards. Right. Uh, and that's a tremendous concern. Uh, we have been preaching uh, this trend in the Tourism Security Association for uh, the past couple of years, uh, really, and uh, I think it's worth uh, uh, touching on. Unfortunately, along with news items like that comes some uh, misinformation and uh, a couple years ago, uh, a story went all over the Internet. Uh, amazing. Uh, the Internet's great at disseminating information, but it uh, you know, is just uh, as quick at disseminating uh, you know, <laughs> bad information. Right. Uh, this notion that uh, hotel key cards are uh, routinely encoded with personal and or uh, credit information. And that actually all started out of an, uh, a, uh, an email here in uh, Southern California that was uh, well-intended. Uh, it uh, came from a law enforcement agency. Uh, there was no malicious intent behind it. But unfortunately, it wasn't entirely accurate. And uh, I don't know if you want to get into the particulars of it or not, but I, I thought it might be worth... Uh, yeah, I mean, most of the time, people, when you have that key card that has the metal strip on the back of your key card, that uh, routinely the, the, the card only has what the room number is and maybe the, the name of the... Um, the the uh, guest, correct? That's usually what's on there? The, all that is, is minimally required uh, for those, of course, is the information uh, to open the electronic key, which right. is uh, the, the room and, and the date range uh, that that guest and that key uh, is valid. Right. But it is a, uh, which is not to say that it's not technically possible to encode a key card with anything you want. It is a plastic card with a mag strip on back, like, uh, you know, an ID card or, or any credit card. Uh, I think the mistake that has come from this misinformation being published is that it's being routinely done or being done deliberately by hotel employees for the express purpose of victimizing the guest. And the notion is a little misguided there. Uh, as I already mentioned, if a, uh employee wants to be unscrupulous in a hotel, he has everything he needs right, with my right. booking information to do that. There is no point for him to encode that information on uh, my key card or any other key card. It's not necessary for him to victimize me through that means. That having been said, uh, it is technically possible, and there has been some anecdotal information from around the country that some people have found uh, additional unwanted information encoded on key cards. Right. But, uh, you know, the American It's not hotel, everybody doing it is what you're not, trying not to say. Not at all. And uh, it became a really sensitive topic within the industry. The American Hotel Lodging Association was very concerned with the misinformation and whatnot, as are all legitimate, uh, you know, hotels. I think it's important to recognize here that even in the case of, uh, you know, bad employees or uh, online reservation fraud, which we'll touch on here momentarily, you're talking about uh, the tiniest fraction of employees. And, and in fact, most hotel and hospitality uh, workers and businesses are, you know, uh, completely legitimate and, and have honest, uh, you know, employees with integrity. So uh, I think uh, it, we don't do ourselves any favors by getting scared about things that aren't really valid. Right. Nevertheless, now let me, but, but I did want to mention, as, as I had said to your group, is that my friend who was actually on this show, a DA from Northern uh -huh. California, Jerry Coleman, 
actually checked into a hotel to do a fraud program for the district attorney up in Seattle, and somebody did skim the, his um, credit card and transfer it to a room key card and then use it. But that is the unscrupulous employee, and most people don't do it. I'll tell you what I do, though, Dave, and maybe you think that I'm paranoid, but I, I never give back the, the key card ring. You know, when I, I, just, I was just traveling a lot in the last couple months, I always take the key card with me and just cut it up. I do the same thing. Okay. Don't think you're paranoid at all. <laughs> okay, so it's just, you know, it's a safety measure. And uh, and again, if, if it does happen to you and it is an unscrupulous employee, I mean, that's another thing, that there are ins- unscrupulous employees that unfortunately have access to sensitive information. But before I go any further and we talk about the online reservation fraud, I want to introduce you again because people are hearing you and you are wonderful and they want to know who we're, who I'm talking to. So I am talking to Dave Wiggins, who is an 18-year veteran of Southern California law enforcement, and he's the past president of the Southern California Tourism Safety and Security Association. He's very involved in protecting our community and and safety uh, for tourists who come here and also enlightening us about uh, being careful ourselves. So now tell us about online reservation fraud, since everybody is doing this now during this holiday season. Yep, good point. And this is uh, really right up the alley of, of your effort uh, to deal with uh, privacy issues and identity theft and, and so on. It, it's uh, been a tremendous trend to hear for the past two and a half, three years or so uh, all over the country. Uh, you know, it's nothing new for crooks to be using uh, motels to go do crookery, uh, you know, uh, from uh, cooking up uh, narcotics to uh, prostitution to whatever else they want to do. But traditionally, Maury, they would use the flea bag motels where there were a bunch of other like-minded folks around. Well, with the rise <laughs> of identity theft and, and credit capers and whatnot, we started to see two or three years ago uh, a dramatic rise in uh, these sort of folks doing their crookery in four- and five-star hotels. And guess what? They were using Mari Frank's credit card to do it. Yep. Uh, and all of this was being facilitated by uh, the online reservation uh, services. Uh, Expedia, Hotels.com, and the other services uh, that are out there. Unfortunately, some of the practices that uh, they had and some still do have in play make it very easy for a crook to use your identity and your credit information to book a hotel room. And if hotels don't carefully carefully follow proper procedures uh, upon check-in, suddenly the crook is in and you or nobody else may know anything about it until 30 days later when your next billing cycle arrives. Right. And you never stayed at, you know, uh, some podunk hotel in uh, Tucson, Arizona. And uh, we've discovered these to be very challenging cases for law enforcement to investigate because if the hotel had not obtained proper identification, had not obtained a proper photo ID, and photocopied that ID, and that ID matched both the person who was in front of them upon check-in and the name and information of the person who had made the reservation, it left law enforcement with nothing to investigate. Right. Right. Uh, and when we did have something to investigate, you're looking at uh, three- and four-week-long investigations involving electronic search warrants and, and having to track down crooks who may be from far away. It's so, impossible. I mean, you don't have the resources to do that. We don't have the resources, typically, and so some law enforcement agencies just kind of uh, threw uh, their arms up. Now, we have been much more successful in Anaheim and Orange County in tackling this issue, and we really did it by working in collaboration 
with the online reservation services because, like so much else in identity theft, the process is very automated, but as soon as you take a manual look at something, right. it stands out that you have a problem. Right. People do not typically, for example, in the same period of time, book uh, themselves into four different hotels, do they? <laughs> but the credit crooks do this all the time, and so yeah. it, it really stands out. So we got to a point where uh, Hotels.com and Expedia and whatnot, their security teams, were notifying us proactively of this uh, kind of profile activity before the crooks ever arrived. And so when they got here and got checked in, their first visitation was from the police department. And so that was working uh, really well. Uh, but it touches on, on a couple of important things. Uh, as you already mentioned, very important for everyone to uh, review their statement every month and make sure that all the charges are uh, legitimate. It's also really important for people uh, not to feel that their privacy is being uh, invaded in any way when they check into a hotel as a legitimate customer and are asked for photo ID. Now, this may run a little contrary to some of the advice that anti-privacy uh, concern or anti-identity theft uh, people have articulated. Let me tell you what the tourism Well, security... are you talking about giving a photocopy yeah. of, your, uh, of your driver's license? Or... Let me tell you what okay. the Tourism Security okay. Association advocates. Now, okay. Bear in mind, in our training, uh, the training presentations that we do, both the conventions and conferences and the targeted seminars that we offer, I speak to both sides of the coin. We right. train both consumer groups and the provider groups. We talk to both the industry and the buyers uh, with the goal of making everything more safe for everyone. What we suggest to the hospitality community and what I encourage travelers to uh, submit to is not only to give up their ID, but to allow it to be photocopied. And when, you, when a hotel asks you to do this, you're, you're not, not only are you not having your privacy invited, Mari, in our judgment, but you are really protecting yourself because it's those hotels that don't do that where they have the greatest problem with identity theft. And guess what? Hmm. Crooks communicate with each other. And when they find a weak target, that's where they keep going. Whereas we found that those hotels that uh, routinely do ask for photo ID and photocopy it, if there is a crime that occurs there, we have something to go on. We have a picture and an ID, and we get a, a crook in custody, and they also communicate that. Ooh, don't go to this city. The police department there is locked and loaded with their local hotels. They'll investigate you. They'll, they'll you know, uh, arrest you and send you to jail. I That's, have a question. I yes. have a question. Okay. So, Dave, how long do you tell the hotels to keep the photo ID? You're just a minute ahead of me because <laughs> this is the other key issue as well. I have a tremendous uh, issue with those uh, properties which are not properly maintaining their records. Now, uh, understand uh, that for tax purposes, businesses are required to maintain some records for seven years. Right. Uh, it is not required that they maintain uh, the individual uh, folios or this photocopied ID. And there have been uh, well-documented uh, incidents where uh, identity thieves uh, going into a hotel and, and working in the hotel, doing their identity uh, thievery while inside a hotel, on an online reservation fraud, by the way, yeah. have actually burglarized uh, poorly uh, maintained storage areas and gotten hundreds of uh, guest folios that just weren't being properly maintained. Now, see, that was what, what my question was going to be: is if they're going to take these photo IDs and if they are, are going to do, you know, do something to keep them for what three years, whatever it is that you suggest, then are they going to keep them in a secure, locked storage? Those uh, records, which uh, businesses are required uh, by the IRS to keep for seven years, should be uh, locked away where not only are they not open to the public, but they're not even open to other employees. Right. And uh, stuff right. like a photocopy of the driver's license should be shredded 
Uh, as, exactly. as we know that uh, we haven't had uh, a, a victimization, a crime associated uh, w- with that uh, check-in. And so it, how long? So how long are you suggesting? Are you suggesting six months? Or you know, I mean, I would think after after a month, a unless somebody's out of town, thirty days. Yeah. So okay, if yeah. we know that we haven't had a problem after that, all of that should be uh, destroyed at that point. And right. this is what we train. Okay. This is the advocacy point that the Tourism Security Association has been making for the past couple of years. Uh, to the hospitality uh, industry. And uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but um, you know what I ask uh, people when, when, I, when they, they, they take it and they want to photocopy it? Do you, do you destroy those? And how are they destroyed? And, and whatever when, they, whatever and when they are say, they destroyed? That's the thing, yeah. Exactly. Uh, whatever they say, you make a mental note of that because uh, there is certainly not only liability on a business which is not maintaining its records properly, Mari, yes. but when they also are lying to you about how they're maintaining them or how they're destroying what's supposed to be destroyed. Or who has access to them. Exactly. All of that is true. certainly contributes to... Um, to, to their uh, liability with you and the credit card company as a victim. Right. Ask questions, and this gets ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but when you start asking questions, when consumers right. and tour operators and, and business travelers start asking questions that uh, are safety and security oriented, when business goes to those uh, venues and destinations and businesses that are taking care of you as a consumer, that are following good uh, practices, uh, that's when uh, all of us are really better protected. Take your business, take your hotel stay, take your group to those cities, those convention centers, those hotels that have a demonstrated commitment to visitor safety and security. And when we all start to do that, the the business, more than the law and more than law enforcement and more than anything else, is what's going to elevate visitor safety and security. Right, because you're going to go to a hotel that's a trusted hotel. Exactly. You know, um... I, I'm friends with the privacy officer for Starwood, you know, and, and it's nice because he sits on this privacy board with me, so I kind of know what they're doing, you know, in terms of, of really looking at privacy and security. So does your organization have, like, a list of best practices, and do they have that available so that hotels around the country can look at what are some of the best practices that the good company the good companies are doing? We do, and we talk about breast best practices with every seminar and every presentation at every convention and conference we go to, and best practices are probably 70% of what the annual Tourism Safety and Security Conference is all about. What we do is show people, here's the best, here's the role model, here is what's working. Go back home, take a hard look in the mirror, and if you're not doing it this way, ask yourself why not. Well, Dave, can you give us some of those best practices, and then we can also talk about some of the things that consumers should do. But, I mean, as as someone who travels a lot and will be traveling this holiday season, I want to know what are some of the best practices that I can expect from the hotels that I visit and and the restaurants and all the entertainment areas that I'm going to visit as a tourist? Well, certainly for hotels, uh, as we already touched on, it starts with doing your research. Uh, Pretty much every hotel these days of any size is going to have its own website. So if I'm thinking about uh, booking a hotel in a city that I haven't visited uh, before, and we do uh, travel a lot with the Tourism Security Association doing the training uh, presentations, first thing I'll do is go to their website. And I'm looking for at least a page, Mari, of safety information uh, on this. What are the safety features? Is there a a security staff? Are they uniformed? Uh, What are their hours? Are there in-room safes? Um, Tell me about the air evacuation. Tell me about HVAC. Tell me about... Uh, you know, fire uh, systems and, and uh, other safety and security systems uh, in the hotel, uh, particularly for women. Where is the parking lot? Uh, how close is mm. it? Is there any kind of uh, access 
to the parking lot or the uh, hotel from uh, the outside. Uh, is it lit? <laughs> yeah, how well lit is it? Uh, do research. I have found if I go to a hotel uh, website and there's nothing about safety on there, they may not be doing uh, a whole lot. And we uh-huh. train on this point. We advocate to them to fix their house, put it in order, and then use that as a marketing tool. Whereas before 9-11, before Katrina, the whole safety and security notion used to scare tourism. They didn't think that the visitors wanted to think about this. They didn't want to see security or police. That paradigm is completely flipped on its head today. Uh, the Anaheim Orange County Visitor and Convention Bureau, in conjunction with the Tourism Security Association, did a year-long field survey, uh, Mari, called Visitor Attitudes Concerning Safety and Security. It, it wound up being the largest, longest, most traveler demographically detailed survey of its kind. And we asked two specific things. What role does safety and security play in your travel uh, decisions? And how do you feel uh, today about a highly visible police and security presence? This was asked of 2,334 face-to-face visitors here in Southern California. And the results were overwhelming. Uh, People are, in fact, making their travel decisions, especially about hotels, uh, with safety and security in mind. And today, people want to see and expect to see a highly visible police and security presence. So the point is that Safety and Security Day can be used as a sales tool. And if you are a sales manager or a marketing director for a convention center or a hotel or, or any other sort of tourism venue, you should be taking and, and kind of summarizing all of your safety and security features and putting it out there in your marketing material, starting with your website, starting with your uh, brochures, with your meeting planner packets. You should be getting your local law enforcement agency involved and your director of security involved in helping uh, to sell your venue. It is a value added. There's no question about it. Absolutely. You know, um, when you were talking about in-room safes, it drives me crazy when I go someplace and there's no in-room safes, especially if I'm someplace like Hawaii and I'm going to want to go swimming and snorkeling. I don't want to leave stuff on the beach. I want to put things in my in-room safe. And if there isn't an in-room safe, I don't even want to stay there. It's just hard to believe uh, this day and age, as, as common as they are and as inexpensive as they become, uh, it's just hard to believe there's any hotels left that don't have uh, in-room safes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll never forget this. In, this was a place in Orange County. It was an upscale place by the beach, and my parents used to come from Chicago and stay um, in, in Laguna, and they were at an upscale place, and they were... In there, they were there for actually like two months, so they had a long time. They'd come to get away from the winter. And um, they were in their room, and I guess they didn't have that second lock on. And and someone walked in and looked like these two guys were going to rob the place. And my mother screamed and picked up the phone, and uh, they ran out, and then, you know, they were terrified, and they called the, the security, and the security was great. But somebody had access to open up that door but this is another reason why when you're in your room you should always put that second lock on absolutely you know that's something else that i thought about and then i had friends who went to hawaii this is this is another trick that you probably have heard of but um they were in hawaii at a very very upscale hotel and when they uh went to the not the concierge but the um the valet yeah, this is what they did. They they went to the valet to get their car, and so the valet was very nice. They said, oh, where are you going? Oh, yes, that's a wonderful uh, restaurant. And they asked him all sorts of pl- things about where they were going. Well, while they were gone, somebody went into their room and stole everything that they had. 
So, so somebody was, they thought was, you know, this is what the security said. Somebody had something to do with the valet and and the valet tipped them. Hey, they're going to be gone. They went to a restaurant on the other side of the island. They're going to be gone for at least an hour. Go in there right away. So now when people, when we check, when we have a valet or somebody's asking us when we leave, well, where are you going? We go, oh, we're going to be, we're just going for a couple minutes. (laughs) Even if we're going for a whole day, we say, oh, we're just going for a couple minutes because we learned that from our friends who had everything stolen. And this is, she even had jewelry sitting out, which, again, I would never do. But these are the kinds of things you're trusting people. You have this wonderful valet who's making small talk, and you tell, just don't tell people everything. No, no point in revealing too much information. You're exactly correct. And valets, unfortunately, are uh, another area of vulnerability for uh, visitors. And uh, a big advocacy point for us with the industry and the Tourism Security Association, do background checks on your employees. Yes. It's very disconcerting to conduct an investigation when you've got a, a pattern of thefts from uh, vehicles and discover that uh, one of uh, the valets uh, has a conviction for auto burglary. Oh, my goodness. How in the world you know, is that guy going to get his job? And it, it touches on a, an, another area of, of uh, criminality against visitors. Uh, there's a, a, a famous uh, incident in which uh, a couple of kids uh, grabbed a couple of red vests and a black bow tie and uh, put out a sign in a dirt <laughs> parking lot next to a, a very popular uh, and busy restaurant on a busy street that didn't have much parking mm. that said uh, valet. And uh, they were taking $5 uh, per car, and they filled up this dirt lot with it. And when they filled the last car, they picked their two favorites and drove off with them. Ah. And at the end of the night, when the, the first people came out looking for their car and went back in the restaurant very upset, uh, there's valet guys are gone because we don't have valet. Oh, my goodness. There was an incident in uh, Las Vegas where some uh, pickpockets had uh, put up a sign uh, on the strip saying, beware of pickpockets. And it was a two-part team in which uh, somebody near uh, the sign would watch uh, as uh, men uh, walking by it would check to make sure that they had their wallet. Well, as soon as he does that, he tells the crook right where his wallet is, his you know, left jacket pocket, his right hip pocket, his you know, left front pants pocket, wherever, and they would identify uh, what looked to be you know, the, the best healed <laughs> potential victim and on a cell phone uh, uh, talk to their uh, compatriots a few yards down, and then they would target uh, that particular gentleman uh, for a pickpocket. So uh, signage <laughs> is an issue, both in valets and for pickpockets. And you make a, a really good point, Mari. And uh, no point in sharing too much information about your itinerary with uh, any of the locals that you don't know. You know, even like for those of us who are going to be traveling from Orange County to other places, you know, I mean, I'm thrilled to hear, and I, and I can see why Orange County is probably one of the better destinations. We, we really have good people around. We have great law enforcement like you and the Orange County Sheriff. We have good people who are doing good things. We have good hotels. But what about those of us who are going? I mean, we, Lloyd and I, have gone to Bali. You know, we've gone to Bangkok. You know, I mean, we try and stay at really upscale hotels that are that are safe. But, you know, it's it's not a real safe thing to do. And plus, when we're leaving, you know, there's some things that could happen to our own homes while we're gone, while we're traveling. So what are what are some of the, I mean, I'm thinking of some of the things that I learned many years ago when I didn't have much with, uh, you know, when I, when I lived in a smaller home in Lake Forest, my house was broken into and I didn't have a, an alarm or anything. And my whole house was destroyed. We didn't really have that much, but everything that we did have was taken. And one of the things that law enforcement told me at that time was, did you cancel your newspaper? <laughs> and I said, yes. 
And they, at that time, they said, oh, well, there has been a rash of burglaries from people who canceled their newspaper. So now what I do is with my neighbors, my close neighbors that I've known for, you know, 15 years, I take their newspaper, they take my newspaper when I'm gone, I take their mail, they take my mail when I'm gone, and we don't stop the mail, we don't stop the newspaper, because a lot of times there's, you know, unscrupulous employees inside there. So do, do you still hear that kind of stuff going on? Well, you know, so much of what we focus on is the travel safety issue, but if you're traveling, that means your home front is left empty, so it's a good point. And nothing keeps your own community safer than knowing and having good neighbors. And, and helping each other out. Uh, the old advice from law enforcement used to be, you know, stop your mail, stop your, your newspaper. And uh, as you just articulated, that is no longer the advice that we give because, unfortunately, there are unscrupulous uh, people in both of those industries that take advantage of it. And I'm sure you have covered it in your programs in the past. We're experiencing a, a, a general kind of identity theft crime trend now where suspects are getting jobs in certain offices in certain industries right. for the express purpose of engaging in identity theft. Exactly. This includes uh, banking and mortgage brokering and title houses and mail and all that sort of stuff. So right. why announce to somebody... UPS, even. Yeah. Why announce to somebody you don't even know that you're going to be gone for a certain time frame? I think it's uh, uh, much more valuable to uh, you know take a trusted neighbor, have them collect your newspaper, have them collect your mail, and in the course of doing that, what are they automatically doing? Looking out after your house more than right. they would uh, otherwise, so that's good advice. Right, that's, you know, a neighborhood watch is really a good idea if you know your neighbors. Obviously, you have to be careful as well and not leave things around. Um, you know, even if your house is broken into, or if a friend or a neighbor does come in, you know, because sometimes we hear about unscrupulous friends and neighbors who maybe need some money and they want to take some information, don't leave your sensitive information just sitting out. You know, you should have locked cabinets even in your home. Yes, so true. when you're traveling, if somebody gets in, they're not going to get at it. Or don't put these things on, you know, your sensitive information and unencrypted files on your computer. Because, again, if you're traveling, somebody can, can get that. Very you know, true. You know, I want to I want to introduce you again. We are speaking with Dave Wiggins, who is an 18-year veteran of Southern California law enforcement. You can hear how much he knows he's terrific. Um, he's currently working on community and tourist-oriented uh, policing projects, and he's the past president of the Southern California Tourism Safety and Security Association. So what are some other tips that we can give to, um, to our, our Orange County citizens here? Well, again, I think uh, safety all starts with doing your, your research. It begins with your destination selection. Uh, there are some places in the world right now which are very unsafe uh, for Americans, and we're talking about uh, terrorism, which is a, right. a tremendous concern. But, you know, for every one terrorist attack, uh, there are several thousand crimes against tourists. So I think you've also got to look uh, at the crime rate. And crimes vary from, you know, some of the, the, the minor little uh, theft sort of things that we're talking about to much more serious uh, uh, things. Uh, South Africa, where tourists are being killed and, and uh, literally right. uh, looted of their bodies, in uh, Mexico, too. I mean, I'm scared. You know, I would never go to Mexico City right now. Lots of violence in uh, yeah. some places in South America. Uh, right. Uh, you know, Rio is a, is a world-renowned tourism destination that is really suffering from a lot of crime uh, against its uh, visitor community. Uh, Sao Paulo uh, this year has been uh, extremely uh, violent. Um, some cities have a, really a chronic reputation. Where Whether it's deserved or not, I, I'm not here to say, but a, a chronic reputation 
for uh, large uh, bands of criminals that prey on tourists. And this includes some beautiful cities like Barcelona, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, uh, Rome, uh, where, where pickpockets, uh, you know, kind of uh, run rampant. Right. I think it's important to do your research. Uh, look at the crime rate. Uh, consider uh, the, the quality and the caliber and the commitment of uh, local uh, law enforcement and, and prosecutors when it comes to tourism crime. Uh, one of the issues throughout the world uh, that we suffer under with crimes against tourists is they are under-investigated and under-prosecuted because right. the victims, even if they catch a crook for the crime, all live half a world away. How are you going to get them back? Exactly. Uh, with that in mind, we created here in Anaheim and Orange County the Tourist Victim Advocate Program. Hmm. And it's a tremendous program. It, it really provides an extra measure of service, an extra measure of hand-holding for the most part when people are, are victimized. And uh, in those rare cases where we uh, have a suspect in custody and we need to get a victim back from, you know, West Virginia or, you know, Canada or wherever, then uh, law enforcement, the prosecutors, the, the tourism, the hospitality sector all come together to get that victim back here free of charge so we make sure that that criminal gets uh, prosecuted. And if more tourism destinations around the world did that, you'd have more crooks in custody. There'd be less criminality against visitors. Unfortunately, just the opposite tends to be true in many uh, tourism destinations around the world. So preventing yourself from being victimized really starts with doing your research. And if you've got to go to a particular place that maybe isn't of your choice for work, for example, uh, business travel, you've got to go to uh, a convention, then uh, do your research even more so because you're stuck going there. You don't have a choice of there or not. Uh, make some phone calls. I encourage people to ask security-related questions of their prospective uh, hotels. Call the local law enforcement agency, and what is your crime rate, and what do you do for victims and whatnot. And by all means, anytime you're driving, anytime you're in a rental car or anything else, do MapQuest uh, or any other sort of uh, directional right. or, or mapping service ahead of time so that you know uh, the best route, uh, and not just the most direct route, Mari, but the safest route. And sometimes that's right. a matter of asking local law enforcement. I get these questions uh, several times a month uh, from convention groups, uh, tour operators, other people who are responsible, who have a, you know, an obligation to protect a group, a convention or a conference that they're bringing here. Uh, you know, what are the good areas? What are the bad areas? What can you recommend? And I applaud these people for thinking proactively uh, to contact the police department to help protect uh, their members and their guests. You know what happened to me one time? I went to, I had to go up to Berkeley for a, a program, and um, I was going to stay at this bed and breakfast that everybody told me was really wonderful near Berkeley. And I ended up getting lost from the airport and somewhere in Oakland, and it was a not good neighborhood, and I was so terrified. Yeah. Thank goodness I had my cell phone, and I got on the cell phone, and I, I called the, the bed and breakfast, and I said, I'm at the corner of, I don't remember what it was, and I said, will you stay on the phone with me and get me back there? And, and luckily, luckily, the, the, you know, the, the hotel clerk or whatever he was at the time just walked me back or drove me back, stayed with me on the phone until I got to where I was going. So, you're, you know, you have to have a cell phone with you, and if I can see why some people like OnStar. I don't especially like the idea of having OnStar because somebody is watching me constantly, and that's a privacy issue. But on the other hand, the benefit is if you're lost, you say, I'm lost, or something happened, I was in an accident, and you've got somebody on star, so there is some advantage. But having a GPS is not a bad idea either. You, you mentioned GPS. You know, we're having uh, tremendous issues uh, all across the country with uh, tourists uh, being uh, victimized of their electronics. 
And then right. you consider, Mari, we're all traveling with all this electronic hardware these days, aren't we? Our cell phone, sure. our, our, our uh, PDAs, our Blackberries. Right. Uh, everybody's got an iPod. We have our laptop computer and, and whatever their hardware you may have with you. All very valuable stuff and very much a target for those uh, criminals that prey specifically on uh, tourists. And not and only that, it, it may have a lot of stuff that's not encrypted on it, that's your sensitive information, which people should, should not be doing. Just it. what I was going to touch on. Oh. In all of these laptop thefts, we believe that two things uh, are happening. First, uh, that upon theft, they're being data mined uh, by the crooks that take them for uh, whatever they can get. Uh, if it's industrial espionage and they're looking for confidential information, or if it's simply uh, any record of purchases or credit information or other identifying information, then the hard drives are being wiped clean uh, and they're turned around and sold on you know online auction services or otherwise uh, hawked. There are a couple of uh, interesting uh, products out there that people can use to help protect uh, electronic gear like uh, laptop computers. There is uh, an audible uh, alarm, a 118 decibel device that uh, I tested out that you can attach right to your uh, laptop computer, your workstation, your projector, whatever you may have. It's called the Sonic Shock. Uh, I don't happen to recall the... Uh, Sonic Shock? Sonic Shock. I don't recall the website offhand, and I don't okay. think it's sonicshock.com, but you can uh, Google that. Right. It's a Canadian-based uh, company, and uh, it makes, the second it moves uh, an inch, it makes one heck of a racket. <laughs> There's another uh, service out there from a company called Absolute Software, which is, if you will, GPS for your laptop. It's a low jack for your laptop, so when it's mm. stolen... Uh, it emits a uh, radio uh, signal just like LoJack does for automobiles. And uh, with uh, collaboration between law enforcement and the company, uh, it can be tracked down. And uh, there's been su successful cases uh, of that as well. The other thing that people are suffering under these days is in response to terrorism, so many uh, changes have come about in uh, airport and, and travel uh, safety uh, measures and mandates some of which seem to make us more vulnerable, don't they? Like we can't lock our uh, suitcases anymore. Right. And, uh, you know, luggage theft uh, is, is uh, rife today as it's ever been. These bag snipes that work, oh, the yeah. luggage carousels at airports and whatnot, uh, if for all the good security that we have uh, for bags and people coming into airports, it doesn't seem like most airports today do virtually anything for people or baggage going out. Uh, I looked at a, a locking device, which is approved by TSA from a company called Search Alert. Okay. And uh, it has a sort of a master key that TSA has so they can get into the lock without having to break it off. Uh, but uh, it shines a little light, red versus green, when you get the bag back to let you know whether TSA or anybody uh, accessed uh, your bag. So you have the security of a lock on your bag from you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that may want to try and get into it in the, in the, the baggage process. Uh, but it is accessible to uh, TSA, and that's called the search alert. Well, we will look for that. Now, Lloyd is giving me a sign that we've got about two minutes here. You have been so wonderful that we're going to have to have you back. Just to tell us a little bit more, Lloyd, this is, where, this is just the very end. I want to thank you so much, Dave Wiggins, for coming on. Dave is an 18-year veteran uh, in law enforcement. He's still working hard. You can see a little bit more about him at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thank you, Dave, for joining us, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Maury. Happy holidays. You too. Okay. You've been listening to Dave Wiggins, who's a security expert uh, in safety and tourism, 
and an 18-year veteran of a Southern California law enforcement agency. He is the past president of the Southern California Tourism Safety and Security Association. And I want to thank you very much, Lloyd, for being a great engineer. We've had Nicole here as a uh, an intern. We're hoping that she can, you can say hi. Hello. <laughs> and hopefully she can uh, get a show as well. And you uh, listen to our previous interviews at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy and join us every week here at KUCI.org and 88.9 FM in Irvine on Wednesday nights with privacy privacy piracy I can't even say it tonight from 5 to 6 p.m. We hope you'll join us next week. Good night. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.